Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, CityCast listeners. On the day before Thanksgiving, we want to talk about Houston food. We're talking with Anita Jaisingani, the restaurateur behind Pondicherry, one of the city's favorite restaurants, and one that, after more than 10 years, still serves modern Indian food that's often inventive and surprising. Anita's new cookbook, Masala, is not just a collection of recipes, but an introduction to the way that she thinks. As a cook, as an eater, and also as an immigrant who's adapted her cultural traditions to her home here in Houston. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. So, Anita, your parents were from Sindh in what's now Pakistan. You grew up in Gujarat in western India, and then you moved to Canada to get married and work as a microbiologist. Is it safe to say that as a teenager, you did not picture yourself running a restaurant in Houston, Texas? Absolutely not. (laughs) So how did you end up here? How did you get there? I mean, I loved food from my teenage years. I got into the kitchen Mm -hmm. at at an early age because my mom was sick and I just jumped in to help out. And I knew food was going to be one of my mediums. But in those days, food wasn't considered a respectable career. So I was kind of ushered through science. I do feel that, you know, coming to Canada and seeing how poorly Indian food was represented, it felt like something I might want to do. But even then, it was, it slowly, the the idea slowly brewed in my brain. It didn't just boom happen. How did you end up here in Houston as a professional in the food world? Actually, NAFTA, you know, when (laughs) NAFTA happened and everybody from... Canada, any professional was Mm -hmm. welcome to come here. And my husband at the time got all the job offers and we first moved to Boston and then he didn't like his job in Boston. So moved to Houston and, you know, I've been in Houston since since 1990. Uh, That was the year my son was born. So I've, you know, I've been here a long time and and what people love about Houston or hate about Houston is what I love about Houston, which is um, the weather, which <laughs> people find it really hard. And I love the hot summer, especially coming from minus 40 and having to clear snow with a snowblower. I would take the Houston summers any day over that. I have been a fan of the restaurant column that you write for the Houston Chronicle. I am really excited about trying a bunch of the recipes in your cookbook, but the first hundred pages of masala have no recipes. It's all philosophy, and there's a history of India, and there's a lot of thought about how to cook. Could you talk about why you approached a cookbook like that? Well, I feel that we take what we eat too lightly, given the fact that our medical system here is primed to put us through pill popping and surgeries. I know for a fact that food is certainly our you know, our first frontier when we think about our health, it should always have been, I can't say that it has always been for me, but it has certainly become that one. And also, you know, in India, we really do believe that how you eat matters greatly. And 
there was a time when Indians took food almost too seriously and they don't do it anymore. But that is that was the original philosophy of India. And I wanted to kind of bring that out because it's kind of gotten lost in the colonial uh, history of India. It was it was an important set of details that I wanted to just you know, put out there for people. Like, it's so easy to make food that tastes really good, Mm -hmm. but make food that's actually good for me and tastes good and isn't hurting the environment. Well, that's a challenge I want to take on. And you're also talking about those traditional Ayurvedic principles. Exactly. When I think about food that's good for me, that's, you know, I'm thinking, okay, how many calories? What's the fat? This is a whole different way of thinking about balance. Yes. You know, I had to read about 10 books uh, go through them, make notes, and distill that information into those few pages that I have. So, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to read an entire book on Ayurveda, very few people do. And I wanted to just put out an introduction or mm-hmm. start a thinking process about it. It's made me a better cook. If you promise me some great okra recipes, I will read the Ayurveda pages. Yeah, of course. That's how you got me in. Yes. At the beginning of the cookbook, there is this illustration that I love. You are throwing spices into the air. Yes. And your daughter's over in the corner and she's saying, Mom, how many teaspoons is that? Because I'm a terrible recipe follower. So you're a terrible recipe follower who's writing recipes. Yes. I have a terrible <laughs> time following because I cook mm-hmm. I cook very instinctively and you know, I cook with you know, with just having learned watching people cook, like my my mom had no recipes. My grandmother had no recipes. So I've never seen recipes. I didn't really have a recipe book till after I opened Indica. I had never owned a recipe book. <laughs> after your first restaurant, you buy a recipe book. <laughs> Sounds terrible, yes. I wasn't into baking. I think I had bought Julia Child's baking uh, with Julia. Maybe I owned like maybe two or three cookbooks at the most. But those are only baking related because I knew I needed to measure and weigh. Everything else was done by instinct. So I think that we all have the instinct to cook because if you can brush your teeth, if you can take a shower, uh, you can, you know, file your own nails. You should know how to cook to put food into your body. I think it's more important than any of those things. Is that something that you're hoping to convey with this cookbook? Is that? Yeah, I really yeah. do. I feel like, you know, it's not about following my recipe or the recipe of some expert chef out in the middle of, you know, California or whoever. There's Lots of great recipes, great show, but I think it's about picking up ideas from people about how to cook and um, obviously cooking seasonally and cooking with intention is important, but I'm I'm not one that writes down what I do because I can just cook. I can pretty much visually gauge what to do. Uh, people find that a little bit hard. They're like, well, why did you do that? I'm like, oh, because mm-hmm. that just made sense to me. And then I had to kind of go back and think through my thinking process and put that on paper Yeah, and to also explain the order of spices, like what goes first, what goes at the end. People sometimes describe your food as fusion. How do you feel about that? I hate that word. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because it implies that I'm fusing another culture with Indian and I'm not doing that. And, you know, Honestly, let me rephrase that. I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. And now I really don't care. To me, culture also creates divisions. And in the society we are living in, we don't need more divisions. Mm-hmm. So we need more of coming together. So if you're going to borrow an idea from 
an Indian cookbook and use it in an Italian dish or vice versa. It's okay. Who cares? You know, just make good food. So to me at this point, I'm at the phase where I'm like, just make good food. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're using yeah. different ingredients or you're using techniques from uh, French cooking, Italian cooking. Cooking is just good cooking is uh, universally loved and it should be what we all should aspire to do and and stop worrying about well this is my grandma's recipe this is how i did it and this is how it must be done you know to me those are just boundaries we put on ourselves with this cookbook you're teaching a set of indian techniques yes that are part of the recipes that i can include with other things like popping spices and oil to release the flavor I think that's a singular most important technique in the book. And mm -hmm. I think once you learn how to pop spices, yeah. it will change the way you cook. I think if there was one technique that I want to pull out of the whole book and say, okay, this is the most important one, mm -hmm. then that's it. Because people don't don't understand how simple it is and how easy it is to do. But it's a really, really good one for, yeah. you know, if you're making pasta sauce, you could pop fennel seeds in olive oil. Could you just describe how to do that? If you were making that pasta sauce, what would you do? Yeah, so popping seeds is like heating up oil till it's hot enough to temper the spices, but not really burn them. So you heat up oil, whether it's olive oil or ghee or uh, you know any kind of oil, uh, to the point where it's not smoking, but it's hot enough where you can put the seeds in there and they'll immediately pop and sizzle. And, you know, there are many Hindi words to describe that technique, but pop is the easiest one. And that means literally to jump up and make a little sound. They're popping. Yeah, yeah. literally to jump up and they'll start to kind uh -huh. of dance in there and make a little sound. And then you turn the heat off or you add, whether you've got chopped onions or you've got celery, whatever it is you're adding. Like if I was making a pasta sauce, I would pop uh, green fennel seeds and then I would throw in onions and mm -hmm. peppers or whatever I was making the pasta sauce with. Yeah. That would be my first step. And then I can just toss that with my pasta and I've got something that's not quite Italian, not quite Indian, but it'll be so delicious. What, what the popping does is it actually opens up the seeds yeah. and just really brightens their flavors. In Houston, you're cooking with Gulf Coast foods, Gulf Coast produce in season, Gulf Coast fish. Does that make it harder to cook Indian food? Not at all. I can cook anything that is around me. And I'm not tied to ingredients that all come from India. I feel like, you know, that's where cooking should never limit us to that. Because I'm going to cook what is locally available here. Yeah. So, um, no, not at all. I don't find that limiting. In fact, it's exciting to cook with ingredients that I've never seen before. Because spices can work on everything and anything. I mean, I've also been struck as somebody who goes to Pondicherry a lot, by sort of these landmarks in your personal history, like the Cafe Annie Brownie that you've sold at the bake shop for so long. Yeah. Which I do not think of as Indian particularly, but it's so good. Yeah, but I mean, really, if you think about it, what is Indian? Mm -hmm. You know, India was has had such a huge uh, history of people that have come in and out of there from the Arabs to the British to the Dutch to the French, and um, they really changed the face of Indian food. So you can't say that mm -hmm. if it's a brownie, it's uh, you know it has to be American. And and for that matter, what is American? You know, is Native American food American? Do people think of that? We should be American. Is food is all immigrant food? So I don't limit myself to thinking that I must make food that is all 
originally Indian, um, especially I give myself lots of leeway with cooking what I want to cook and what I think works well with the food. Yeah. To me, a cookie is, or uh, India, we call cookies biscuits, a uh, cookie or a cake. And all of that is um, yeah. perfectly okay in any cuisine, not just Indian, you know, whether it's Filipino or it's uh, African. Uh, besides, I mean, the British colonized India for hundreds of years. And then the French were there for them. The Dutch were there before them. And, you know, they brought stuff to India. So do you think of that almost as a way of living? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, I used to be very particular about being called a, a Sindhi. And now I'm like, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a citizen of the planet. Like, I, I don't care about my U.S. citizenship or my Indian OCI card. I use them when I need to at the airport. But outside of that, I will borrow ideas from anybody and everywhere. And besides, if you look at the history of humanity, there's it's not that long ago that we were all just a bunch of people trying to figure things out. And now we have built all these borders. Yeah. And that's what's causing more trouble than anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do believe that food should be a uniter, not a divider. And on that realm, we should cook anything we want from anywhere and not have any fear of it being of cultural misappropriation. Because I think, I really believe there is no such thing. As long as you can, as long as you can give the credit to the places where you've learned that. And I'm the first to do that. I think that's so important, especially in a place like Houston, where we have so many cultures bumping up against each other and melding that, you know, it's an approach to get somewhere that's new and interesting. Exactly. And isn't that what brings us together? And isn't that what we all want? Like we need to be coming together more than creating separations and divisions. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. This has been so interesting. You're welcome. That was Anita Jaisingani. Now, I'm here with producer Carleon Jones. Carly, what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. A new coastal built-to-rent neighborhood has debuted in Galveston's Palm Bay area. This project, done by Houston-based Juan Bridge, will offer a community of three-story, three-to-four-bedroom luxury townhomes for rent. But it's not the cheapest. These babies are running between $2,700 and $3,200 a month. On the bright side, you'll be near the beach in a lovely breeze. That's it for our show today. Yes, we are still on Twitter. At least for the time being. Check us out. We are at CityCast Houston. Talk with you tomorrow. Bye. (sighs) (laughs) Until we remember something else we're leaving out, AK.